Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas Toldos, Tavshin Ayin Hey. And we start off with the beginning, with the first Pasuk, where the Torah tells us, Ve'elu Toldos Yitzchak ben Avraham, Avram Holidus Yitzchak. These are the Toldos, these are the generations, these are the offspring of Yitzchak ben Avraham, and Avram Holidus Yitzchak. As we know, unusual Pasuk, because right after this Pasuk we have Yaakov and Esav almost being born. These are the Toldos of Yitzchak, what's the emphasis of Yitzchak ben Avraham and Avram Holidus Yitzchak? <laughs> what do we have to have that repeat for? So Rashi tells us that the repeat is to tell us their physical connection in terms of their, uh, their, they looked alike to make sure that everybody realized that Yitzchak was the son of Avraham, says the, says Rashi, the late son of the scoffers of the generation said that, oh, Sarah became pregnant from Avimelech. After all, many years she was with Avraham and nothing happened. So what a Kaddish Baruch Hu Zu, Tsar cluster Panav Shal Yitzchak, Domela Avraham. Hashem made Yitzchak be an exact replica of Avraham. Not just, many times we see children and they have the, oh, I could see you're your father's son. But they still look different. So it must have been something more than that. Something that was not natural that Yitzchak looked exactly like Avraham. And that's why it's as if everyone said when they saw Yitzchak, oh, Avraham will let us Yitzchak. So that is the extra phrase in the Torah according to Rashi in the name of Chazal. If you look in Rav Zevin, Says Rav Zevin in his classic, inimitable style, Shnei, source number one, Shnei Suge Toldos Heim. There are two types of offspring that we have in, in life. Tivim Velimudim. Let's translate that for now as natural offspring and logical offspring. Right, this might be, it's connected to nature versus nurture, but it's not exactly the same. Rav Zevin is using it as natural offspring and external, logical, brought-in offspring. Let's see what he means. The natural offspring flow naturally from the fathers, from the source of the idea. But the limudim, the logical ones, the ones that are learned out, that is based on logic. They're drawn out from logic, not based on natural. What's an example? He gives a beautiful example. You know, the first half of Mesechus Babakama talks about the different areas of halacha where we find the concept of avos and toldos. Avos and toldos. You know, we know in Shabbos, we have avos and toldos. We know in Tumah, there are avos and toldos. The Gemara discusses in Ezekiel. Says Rav Zevin, if we take two of those, fascinatingly, we have these two different types of offspring. Right? For example, he says, Shabbos. Right? We know the Shabbos is the Avmalacha of Zorea is putting a seed in the ground. So the fact that I say that a tolda is watering the ground, does watering the ground naturally flow from the act of seeding? There's nothing natural about that connection. It's two different activities. But logically, it's there. It fits. So there, Avos Shel Shabbos, says Rev Zevin, Eina Moli Dimamishes Atoldos. The Avos of Shabbos don't literally give birth 
naturally to the offspring to the toldos. Ella shemitzara higayon shel malachazu. Based on the logic of the malacha, do melahav lemeidim osamimenu. If you have something that is logically connected to the source idea, the source category, then you can learn it out. So that's avos and toldos of Shabbos. Toldos of Shabbos are what he would call the second carry, limudi type of offspring, halachic offspring, logical offspring. Vilachain sham toldosim kayotzebehem. And that's why the Gemara says, this is Rav Zevin classic, bringing hashkafa and logic into the halacha. He says, that's why by Shabbos, toldosim kayotzebehem, their din is shaveh, because it's the category that's included. But he says, for example, Tumah, we have Avos and Toldos of Tumah. There, it's more of a natural idea. How do you know that? Because every time the Tumah, t- A touches B, B becomes Tame, one level down. B touches C, C becomes Tame, one level down. So it's obvious that that shows us Hatuma Ha'av Molidus Atolada. The Av gives birth and produces naturally the Tolda. Vlad Hatuma Mikabel Kocho Meha'av Al Yide Maga Omasavayotse. The Tolda, the offspring of the Tuma, receives its power and comes into existence from the Av, from the source. May ain Toldos Tivium, like a natural Tolda. Visham Toldos Lafka Yabosabam. And there the Toldos are not not exactly the same. We know. The Gemara says at the beginning of Baba Kama there. It's ironic. You might have thought that the natural connection is the stronger one, and yet, the Gemara says, by Tuma lav kayotzebahem, and Shabbos kayotzebahem. And the Gemara then asks, what about Nezek? V'lachin shalusham ba'avos nezikin mahim. Our nezikin damages. Shar bar maven hever. Kayotze olav kayotzebahem. What's the root question, says Rav Zevin? Unbelievable shot of that Gemara. How do we look at Nezek? The toldos of Nezikin, are those natural outgrowths of the source category, or are those logic uh, learned out? Meaning, what's the maskana? That they are kayotze, except for tsroros, right? But they are all kayotze, meaning like Shabbos, they are logically included in the af. Okay, that is the idea. But now he's going to relate it to people. We have it by halachic categories, but we also have avus and toldos by people. We have parents, we have ancestors, and we have descendants. Line 17. Me einzeh bibanim va'avos. Similar to we have this in children and parents and fathers. Yesh banim tivi, and we have natural, biological children. But then we have halachic, logic-induced children. What do you have halachically, logically in those children? Students. As the Gemara says, Hamalabit is ben chaveru Torah, ma'alevalava kasav kilu yolado. Somebody teaches their son, somebody Torah, it's as if that's a parent, it's as if that's a father. Avram Avinu, we, we discussed a, a number of years ago. A number of years ago, we discussed uh, a, an amazing story that Rav Shach was once had a Talmud from uh, from Panovich, and he was at a wedding, and Rav Shlomo Zalman was there. Rav Shlomo Zalman was there, and the uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman was the uncle of the Chassan. The Chassan happened to be learning in in Panovich, in the Chigom Amtakin, they quote the story. And there was a homach locus between Rav Shach and, and uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman. Who's going to be the Masada Kedushin? And finally, Rav Shlomo Zalman says, Rav Shach says to Rav Shlomo Zalman, I forgot which way it was. One of them was the uncle, one of them was the Rebbe. I think it was Rav Shach said to Rav Shlomo Zalman, but you're the uncle, you're the family, so you have to be the Masada Kedushin. Rav Shlomo Zalman says, but you're the Rebbe, and the Rebbe's a father. And the father is closer than an uncle. Kamalamid is as if he gave birth to him. But says Rev Zevin, 
a true father has to try to be both. Has to try to be the natural biological father as well as the halachic Talmudic father. Avram Avinu Biyachas Lobanov Hayav Muvanim. He was both. Av Tiv'i, the biological father, the Gam Av Limudi, and the one that ex- extended the relationship based on external categories that you are like me in terms of Torah, in terms of Halacha. But now, says Rav Zevin, his point to explain the first Pasuk in the Parsha, the second category is different than the first in that if there's a natural connection, it doesn't matter if the offspring would like to reject that connection, it's definitional. So you can't get out of it. If something is natural, extension, Tumah, so that's natural. A Rishon makes a Shani, a Shani makes a Shlishi. The biological connection can never be broken. The natural connection can never be broken. But the second category can. The halachic, the logical, you could break it if the recipient is unwanting. Says Rav Zevin, Avram tried to do both, but only Yitzchak was the one who was receptive and wanted to accept that level of relationship too. Line 21. And that was only Yitzchak, Yishmael, Yatzel, Atar, Bezra. Yishmael went off, even though he might have come back at the end of his life, as we know Chazal tell us, but he went off. And he adds, once we're on the topic, Yitzchak's children, only one, as we have in this week's Parsha, was ready to accept. Av Yitzchak, Biachas Lubanov, Yagam Av Mora, father and teacher. Av Tiv'iv, Av Limudi, natural, biological father, and halachic, educational father. And that is why, what does our first Pasuk say? El told us Yisrael ben Avraham, Avram holidus Yisrael, it's the double. These are the totals of Yisrael ben Avram, the biological, but Avram holidus Yisrael, and that's the only one he was molded. It's the only one. He wasn't molded Yishmoel in that sense. At the end of Rev Zevin, Lutavol Todosav Nechshavim Rakzera Yaakov, Kishem She Yisrael Levado Nechshav Lezera Avraham. Okay, that gets us started tonight. Yitzchak Avinu taking his place amongst the Avos. He was the one that uniquely accepted what Avraham wanted to give him. Okay, we get into the beginning of this exciting parsha, and we have the story of the twins. Rivka is finally pregnant. The boys inside of her are already at it. Boys are at, as we know from Sefer Bracious, sibling rivalry is something that comes up in almost every parsha. Almost every parsha, starting with Cain and Hevel, and then Shem Cham and Yafes, and then we have, um, you know, Yitzchak and Yishmael, and now we have Yaakov and Asa, right? Almost in every parsha. Rashi tells us what's going on here, but they're fighting. Well, let's just first finish the Pusik. Vatomer. And Rivka says something that the Mepharshim throughout the ages have tried to figure out what exactly she means. One of the most difficult statements of any one of the Avos and the Imahos. What it means. What's the Pashup shot? They're, di- they're, run- they're, they're causing her a lot of pain. Vatomer, and she says, Imkain, if so, Lama ze Anochi. Why this I am? Just translating the words. What does that mean? She went to ask to find out what's going on. But it's very good. We discussed many Pshatim in the past. The Vilna Gon, the Klayakar, the Briskarov. 
and we will do our best tonight to add on one or two ideas as well. What exactly was bothering Rivka? We know, Rashi quotes the famous Chazal, that Esav and Yaakov were doing their best to try to get out at different times. When she passed by a base medrash, how many Bati Medrash were there in the world at that time? One. Shame Ve'ever. Yaakov rods him of Archez Latzes. Yaakov tried to get out. Overas al Pischei Avod is Zara. Esav of Archez Latzes. Esav tried to get out. <laughs> right? They were fighting to try to, to get out. What exactly was, was she bothered by? Why did she go to shame as, as Chazal tell us to ask the Shaila? Two ideas. Two ideas what Rivka really, Aru, was bothered by. The first was, is from the Moshev's Canaan, the Bali Atosphus, I gave it to you in the source number two. The Otsvus Torah quotes the Moshev's Canaan. Says the Moshev's Canaan on line number three. Quotes it from the Gemara in Mesechah Sanhedrin. The Gemara tells us that Antoninus, we know Antoninus and Rebbe were friends. Antoninus was a, was a, uh, a Roman, Roman, uh, emperor. And Antoninus asked Rebbe, Me'emasa when does a person get a Yetzirah from? When do we have that instinct to, you know, <coughs> Yetzirah? Mishas Yetzirah or Mishas Yetzirah? From moment of conception or moment of birth? Antonidas asks Rebbe in the Gemara Mesechah Sanhedrin, and Rebbe answers, Mishas Yetzirah, fertilization. Fertilization, that's when it comes. Antonina says, no, it can't be. Boy, if you already have the Yetzirah then, he would kick his way out of his mother and it wouldn't work. Antonita says, no, it's from the time of birth. And the Gemara says, Rebbe was Moda. Yes, as the Pasuk says, Ki Yetzir Leva Miledam, right? La Pesach Hatas Rovets. La Pesach at the Pesach, at the time of birth, Pesach Hatas Rovets, that's where the sit is. That's the Maskana. So the question is, though, what about our story? By Yisrael and Bekirvo, what does Chazal say? That Esau wanted to get out already at Pesach Vodazara. So says the Moshe of Zekanim, that's what bothered Rivka. What's going on? I know that a Yetzirah comes only at a time of, at the time of birth. So, says the, says Rivka Imenu to herself, so what's going on here? How is it that I have a child that's trying to, you know, do a Vodazara already? Let's read the top of source number three. Nimsa she'yitzahara sholet rakla achar she'yotzi atinok lavir olam. Only after the child comes out, Imkain Sarakh Lahavin. Maduok Shaavra Rifkaliat Pischayakamasu Pirkeslat Asa Pirkeslatis. Why why do you want to get out? That says the Shah. That's what was bothering. Adding on to this Moshe of Zakanim, that's what was bothering Rivka. The Zuasibasha Khalid Rosh Hashem. Dine Rivka Yada Rivka knows that the Eight Sarah Shalit Badam Rak Acharesha Yotse Lavir Haolam. And therefore she says, Lama Zanochi, why am I so different from all the other women in the world? My kids, okay, everybody has a Yetzirah. But why does my kid have to have a Yetzirah already? Even before he is born. So what's the answer? What's the answer? So, Vayomer la Hashem, Shnei Goyim B'Vinei'ch, Hushnei Lomimim, Ma'ech Yiparedu. Anula, explains the Shach, Kivan Shebimei'ayich Yishnei Goyim. You have two nations. It's not one child. It's two nations that will be forever or for a very long time at each other's throats, literally. Kodesh Baruch Hu wants them separated from the beginning. And even though normally it's only from birth, but here, Shekalechad Yakim Uma Nifredes, Lo Ratza Hashem, Shielam Kesher Klal, Ve'ikar, Afilu B'mei Ha'imon, V'lachein Asadavr Shonet, Hashem did something different here. 
Esav had it even beforehand. Okay, then you get onto the question, is there free will? We have to assume, this Bechira Chavshis, even, you know, when somebody has a Yetzirah, so even Esav had that free will. That's one idea. One shot. What was really bothering Rivka? She knew the Yetzirah only comes Bishas Leida, so what is going on here even, even earlier? A second idea, though. Second idea, quoted in the Kamotzi Shalorav, here in source number four, from one of the, uh, one of the Achronim. Line three. Rivka had Sadekas Yergisha. Rivka felt, Shavlad Shebemeeha, and this is the root, uh, Hashkafa, an answer of what many Mepharshim say. She thought it was one baby. So therefore, what was she so upset for? So this is where many Mepharshim diverge. I mean, she thought it was one baby, and therefore, why was she so upset? So this is this pshat. She felt, when she walked past Shein Ve'ever, he wanted to get out. She walked past uh, Beis Avodazar, he wanted to get out. So she's like, what's going on with this child? They didn't have ultrasounds. She didn't know she was having twins. How is it possible? She could have one person who's so from one extreme to another. So she thinks to herself, what could it be? Aha. It must be somebody with opposite tendencies. Somebody, great Rishus and great Sidkus. And says Rivka to herself, I could deal with that as long as I know which comes first in his life and which comes second. Sometimes he'll be focused and spiritual and sometimes not. He'll have ups and downs in his spiritual world. And Rivka says, okay, I don't have a tzaddik mi, mi beten. Who's a tzaddik mi beten? Everybody does things wrong. So Rivka says, as long as it's in one direction, I could deal with it. Will he start off evil? And then he'll do tshuva and it'll become about tshuva? That's amazing! Okay. As Chazal tell us, where about Shuva stands, Sadiqim Gemurim can't stand. Or, says Rivka to herself, is it the opposite? Is it a tzaddik who goes off the, off the derech later on, as the Gemara says in, in, uh, in Brachis, Yochanan Kohen Gadol? So which is it? And therefore, says Rivka to herself, I don't know what's happening here. And if we're medayik in the language of the Medjur, we, we realize her worry. Because what does the Medjur say? What's the order? Kishahaisa overas apischei Torah. Yaakov Ratzim of Arkeslatzis. Overas apischei vodazara eis of Arkeslatzis. What's the order that she sees it in? She sees the tzaddik first, and then she sees the rasha. And she might take that as a message of that's the order in his life, and that's why she goes to shame and says, Lama Anochi, this is the son I wanted. This is what I davened for, for the pregnancy. Line 19, Klomar. Lama's palati al rayon. Didn't want to have the child. Falo obar kazea tov lo shalo alalim. How could it be? And that's why she goes... To shame, and shame says, no, 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 you don't have anything to worry about. 
or you have to, but half don't. It's two kids. It's two nations, and you will have a Yaakov Avinu. You will have an Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. So two ideas for this year. What was Rivka thinking? Was the issue of when does the Eight Sahara come into a person? Or number two, when is it um, that her child was going to be a Tzadig or a Russia and she was nervous until she was told that it was going to be one child? Okay. Now we have another major question. Two similar questions on the Parsha. We'll deal with each of them a little separately tonight. And that is the question, Pasach Havches. As we know, the Torah tells us, who loved who? After they were born, Vayeahav Yitzchak as Esav, Kitzayid Befif. Yitzchak loves Esav because he had entrapment in his mouth. Varifka Oheves as Yaakov. Rivka loves Yaakov. Interestingly, that the Torah feels a need to explain the love of Yitzchak for Esav. Vayav Yitzchak as Esav because Varifka loved Yaakov, period. As if there's a different type of love. As if that's Eina Tluya Bedavar versus Ava Tluya Bedavar. This is not the example that Chazal give. That's just a Ha'ara. That the love in the first half of the Pasuk is mentioned uh, regarding a child. We also mentioned in the past that the first type of love that's mentioned in all of the Torah is a love for a parent to a child. By Yitzchak and by Avram and the Yaketa. Asher Ahav Yitzchak. Only after that, we have in last week's Parsha, we have that that uh, Yitzchak Avinu loved Rivka, brought her into the tent, but here again we have love for a parent to a child, Yitzchak loves Esav, and Rivka loves Yaakov. Tzayid Befiv, what does it mean? What is this reason that's mentioned, Gitzayid Befiv? Rashi, Medrasho, Befiv Shel Esav, Shahayat Sad Oso, Umeramehu Bidvarav. He had traps in his mouth. As Chazal tell us, he used to fake, ask halacha questions, he didn't really mean it. So, that's how he used to trick Yitzchak. Many Mepharshim point out, it is very hard, very hard to assume that, that Yitzchak was really fooled mamish. Everybody in the world knew that Esau was a Russia. Remember what we have later on in next week's Parsha. We have that Leah was always crying. Why was Leah always crying? Because she knew Yitzchak had two sons and Lavan had two daughters. The older to the older. So she heard all the way out in Lavan's house the type of person Esav was. And Yitzchak under his own nose, he was able to be tricked. Very difficult to uh, to say that even though that's what it sounds like. Second line in Pnini Torah, source number five. The Kashima Od Ech Yitzchak Avinu Lo Hikiris Esav. How did he not realize who Esav was? Yitzchak was one of the Avos. The Terech of Chacham is to recognize, you know, personalities. But Kolshagin is Benoshu, Itobi Yachad, he's always with him. But there's been such a long time, and maybe Rivka, even though we don't have communication in the Torah, you know, and that has been picked up on by Chazal already, but, but Rivka didn't tell him, didn't communicate with him at all about this issue. Suggest so the Peninyat Torah. V'yef Shalomer. Maybe Yitzchak knew full well. And we could use even a, a modern psychological, not even psychological, social idea to explain. It's very, very understanding. He knew who Esav was. He knew he was off. He knew he was a Rotseach. 
as the Pasuk says, we know later in the Parsha, many Mepharshim point this out, come closer, come closer to me, what, what was Yitzchak uh, uh, in doubt about already, even before he touched Yaakov, because Yaakov used Shem Hashem, and Yitzchak says, Esav doesn't use Shem Hashem, see he knows already, that Esav is far away from Ruchnius, explains the Pinia Torah, contemporary Rav, Aval Hezber Ha'inyanu, it is an educational reality. If a child goes off and goes away and starts leaving the fold, if the relationship is cut off from the parents, from any educator, then a lot of hope is lost and you have to be Nervous and worried even about the hashpah that they will have. But if the child has a relationship with one of the parents, which is so crucial, with both of the parents, with any, then it's a parent's job to do whatever they can to keep that relationship as much as possible and trying to, at least as tenuous as it is, to keep it so that when the child is ready to come back, There'll be the relationship there. The Gamiyapes Atzmo. For Rotsel Ramos as Avishumistai Karoi. Az Kedai Lakarevoso. If he still has a little covet for the parents, even if he's, if he's off, but still focus on the relationship. Give it some time. Give it patience. Kiesh Tikva Ulai Bemeshach Azman Yashuv Mitar Kohara. And as we know, the one mitzvah that Esav did excel in was Kibarava Aim. He put on his Shabbos clothes whenever he wanted to see his father. And therefore, maybe suggest the Pnei Torah, Yitzchak thinks to himself, I know he's a Russia, but I have to show him tremendous amount of love, even maybe more than my son who knows we're connected in Torah, who knows this. Because Kitzayid Befiv, maybe because he has such, such, he's so off, he quotes this from the Zichron Meir. So maybe that's why Dafka, he showed him love. Because he knew what type of person he was, but he, he wanted to make sure, to see what he could do to bring Asa back. Then he quotes a story from a mayor Pamishlaner, who Shamar Pampas Nechasidov Lomoriva Rabbi quotes from one of his rebbes, the Balmar Bermaim Chaim. He had a child who did not was not going in the Derech Hayasher. Ulam Reb Chaim Lo Hirchik Ben Zamei Alpanav. He didn't throw him out. V'cheref Ha'Uvdash Esarmi Derech Ha'Avos. Even though he left the fold, he did what he could to try to treat the child properly. V'kachayomer Reb Chaim and this Reb Chaim Mitchernovich. Quotes, uh, the remaining Prabhupada quotes that he used to put his hands up to heaven and say, Akadish Baruchu! Yehi Ratzon Chitisnai Gibanecha Bibidas Arachamim. Yehi Ratzon, that you show us Rachmanus, you show us compassion. Like a father shows to a child. And even if Akadish Baruchu, we go away from you or we go off the derech. Look what I'm doing, Akadish Baruchu. I'm showing Rachmanus for my child. Please, please show Rachmanus, Rachmanus for us. And Mayor Pamishliner then added, he says, maybe there's a Gemara that we mentioned a few times in Pashiurim that is alluded to even in the Pusik. What does it say? The emphasis that we just said before. What does that mean? There is a Gemara in Shabbos, Peites. I didn't give it to you. We had it recently, I think, in one of the Shiurim where Kaddish Baruch goes to all of the Avos to try to ask them, you know, could you defend Kla Yisrael? And Avram says, no. I can't think of anything, and Yaakov can't think of anything. And finally, Yitzchak is the one that comes up and is able to save Klal Yisrael. Yitzchak's the one to say, please have Rachmanus on them. So maybe that's 
an illusion. The Yitzchak loved Esav. Why? Because now he has something to, to, to defend the Bar, to defend himself. He says, Kaddish Baruch Hu. You're upset at Am Yisrael because they left you? My son left me. I had Rachmanus on him. I tried to be Makari of him. I had patience for him. Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yitzchak Avinu says, Kaddish Baruch Hu. So you have to have patience for us. Unbelievable remez in the Pasuk. Now, he, Yitzchak, has tzedah, has ammunition in his mouth to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the future when he wants to destroy Am Yisrael. I also love my son. So please, please show love to your children. Okay. Moving right along. Okay, a lot to talk about here. Some major issues that there are similar ways of formulating some of these issues, but we always like to see it through the eyes of different different commentaries. So what happens? First major action in the in the parsha, Yaakov is making lentil soup. Lentil soup. Why is Yaakov making lentil soup? Says the Says uh, Rashi. Rashi quotes. It's a simon of Avelus. Adashim adumos. The oso ayomis Avraham. Avraham Avinu had died, and the machal of Avelum is round. Right, the uh, the circle of life. Okay, he's making lentil soup. Vehu ayef, and Esav's tired. Esav's tired. Why is he so tired? So obviously Chazal are bothered. What does the Torah tell us that he's tired for? Rashi says biritzicha. Said a full day of murdering this Esav. So he has a busy day. And Esav comes back and says, spill some of those red stuff down my mouth. Also, something not for now. Very unusual. He's called Edom for the red lentils. That's such a significant act that we have to forevermore roam. Esav, it's Edom, it's Gullus Edom. So, what's the significance? Of the red halitanium and adom adom and more specifically, let's continue. So Yaakov says, "I'll give you some, but some the bechora." Esav does not bat an eyelash. What do I need this bechora for? I'm going to die anyway. Yaakov said, "Swear to me." He swore to him, sold him the bechora, and Yaakov gave him the lentils. The question is, what exactly did Esav detest about the bechora? Obviously. He hated something. He just couldn't stand it. And even after, and even after he sold it, he hated it even after he sold it, as if to put a stamp on it. Right? He put a stamp on it. He hated it. So what did he hate so much? So the same idea through through two different Mepharshim. First from Rav Pinkus. Says Rav Pinkus in source number six. What does the Bechorah symbolize? Symbolizes avoda, symbolizes service. Hine inyan bechora haya lizakot b'maalatakuna la'abol the shares l'avnei Hashem is to be zocha to do the the avoda. We know pre egel it was the firstborns that did the avoda. Then by the egel they lost it and it was given to the kohenim. There is a zohar that says it's going to come back lost in lava. But that's what bechora symbolizes, and we are in general bnei bechori Israel. We are all firstborns of God, and therefore we all have responsibility. Says Reb Pinkus, all bracha, all maalos. All higher levels and statures in our nation comes along with 
higher levels of responsibility and obligations. The Kohen Gadol has more limitations and obligations and mitzvahs than the average person. Kohenim more than Yisraelim. What does that mean? The higher we are, it's reflected by greater obligations. With every true level, like priesthood, like kahuna, with all the great spiritual levels that one could reach, it comes along with commands. Warnings. And that's why Esav says, I'm not interested. Because Esav says, and this is something that maybe our generation, modern man, has the ace of attitude. What do I have to worry about obligations for? I'm not interested. I just want immediate pleasure. I want to imbibe. I want to satiate myself. I'm going to think about what it's going to earn me in the future. I'm going to think about what's going to be. I don't care about Shabbos. I only care about Erev Shabbos. Imagine somebody has the attitude. They finished the potato cook on Erev Shabbos. Nothing left. That's it. I want to eat it all now. I don't care about Shabbos. He says that's that's the root mistake of Esav. But you know what? Says Rav Pinkett, it's our mistake. It's our mistake as well. We're misatzel. We have the lazy attitude of, you know, what do I need to to work now and save it for the future? Rapikas <laughs> gives a marshal. This says, let's think to ourselves. He talks about a chiloni, but he can also talk about lahavdil, lahavdil a non-Jew. Let's take it that way. Let's take it about a non-Jew. If you're ever going traveling. And, you know, let's say you're on a car trip and we go to a rest stop and we take our, out of our, uh, our brown paper bags that we packed up, we go to the picnic table and you go and you take the soggy tuna fish sandwiches and the, uh, the, uh, the cucumbers that are, uh, in liquid a little bit and we take it all out and we see the, everybody else going into the restaurant and enjoying themselves at the, uh, at the whatever non-kosher, you know, uh, you know, eatery there is. And there might even be a little tinge inside of us of, it's so easy for them. It's so easy. They eat what they want. They eat whatever they want. However they want. Says Rav Pinkus, Vanachno on line 20. We think sometimes, you know, it's so hard. You know what I have to do to eat a piece of bread? Number one, is it kosher or not? Number two, I have to go. I finally get my food. Okay, where do I wash? I have to get up and wash. Levarech, make a bracha. Big kavana with kavana. Lech opetsiyas abakavit. Eating with derech eretz. May machronim. Berchaz hamazan. Everything. Why can't I just eat? So sometimes a Jew could think to themselves, I have this big burden of responsibility. It's not easy. I have responsibility for every moment, for everything I do. Every little thing. Sensor Pincus, a, a biting and sharp line, but it goes to the root. He says, you could say the same thing about a horse. Do we ever look at a horse and say, you know what? He's got it made. No brachas. No seeing if it's kosher. No nothing. He just do whatever, does whatever he wants. He's free. We're not equating the two in terms of Tzalem Elohim, but we're equating the two in the realm of responsibility. 
He sleeps whenever he wants. He eats whatever he wants. He doesn't have to be embarrassed whatever he wants. And yet, as we know, no fool in the world will be jealous of a horse. Says your Pincus, it's just a level of quantity. More res- the sh- he has no responsibility. But we realize he can't get anywhere in life. The more responsibility that we have, the more obligations that we take upon ourselves, the greater Kedusha we could reach, the greater heights that's, rest- that's waiting for us. The horse doesn't even realize it. Somebody who's not in, the, in that world cannot be masig, cannot realize the gifts that are waiting a person. And Esav, Esav was like that horse. What do I need this for? I just want my hay. I want to drink. I want to eat. And that's it. That's all I'm interested in. Just pour that red stuff into my mouth. And he therefore sells the Bechorah. We have to realize. Every little thing that happens actually to come up at tomorrow's Dafyomi. That when we tell a ger, when a ger is just becoming uh, interested, we tell him mitzvahs kalos and mitzvahs chamuros. Or Rechayish Levis discusses, what does it mean mitzvahs kalos? We say leket, shichah, peah, a couple of examples of tzedakah. Why dafka are those the ones that we that we tell a ger? So says Rechayish Levis in one of his sichos, he says, when it comes to other religions, there are mitzvahs chamuros. There aren't so many mitzvahs kalos. What are mitzvahs chamuros? Those are major laws that you have to do and you have to not do. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not kill. Those are major little things about nitty-gritty life. What kind of religion has laws about little nitty-gritty? That's Yadus. That's Mrs. Kalos. Our religion, how you put on your shoes, there's something to say about that. And how we go to sleep is something that we say about that. It says that's, that's, that's what Esau couldn't fathom. And that's what we tell a Gary, you know what you're getting yourself into. But it's a great schus to be part of such a, such a family. Similarly, that's Rav Pincus, but similarly, Rav Sternbach and Tom Badas also says he, what he was rejecting was any future, any belief in any future, any future life. And Rav Pincus is bothered by the, by the Lashen. I'm gonna die. Everybody's gonna die. No, Esau is saying, I'm gonna die and this is all I believe in. So what do I need to earn? What do you mean earn? Earn what? Life's not about earning. Life's about enjoying. Life's about partaking. That's all that ace of, that's an ace of attitude. That's all he's involved in. And therefore, ace of rejects it all. And he's willing to sell it because he thinks there's, there's nothing there. And amazingly, when does he finally get upset? Only when Yitzchak gives Yaakov Avinu the brachas of Gashmias as well. As we'll see later on, when we talk about the, the brachos. But that is the idea of what he detested so much about the Bechor. Okay, moving right along, we get to Perachavav in Parshas Toldos. Perachavav, we have the story of Yitzchak in Gerar. Yitzchak goes to Gerar, the Malach Plishtim, and Hashem says, you can't leave Eretz Yisrael, you have to stay here, right, you're in Ola Tamima, and he digs the wells, and he names them, we'll get back to the names of Hashem at the end of this year, he does the same things that Avram does, and we've noted in the past, but now we're going to quote it from Rav Salvechik, we've noted in the past that Yitzchak does not get much press in Torah Shebuchsaf. If we say the Parshias of Avraham, or Lech Lecha, and Vayera, and even Chayasar is Avraham, because it's burying Sarah and finding a wife for Yitzchak when Yitzchak's not even there. And already this week's parsha is already Yaakov and Esav. So Yitzchak did very little press in Torah Shebech Why is that? Why don't we know? 
much about Yitzchak. He is the most mysterious of the Avos. We know so much about Avraham. We know so much about Yaakov. We know very little about Yitzchak. Very little. Says Rev Salvechik, it's purposely that way. There's nothing, you know, haphazard or coincidental. Says Rev Salvechik, source number nine, you have A is in this week's Parsha, and B is a piece from last week's Parsha, again in the new Mesorah Harav Chumash, that came out uh, about a year ago. The Torah envelops Yitzchak, a cryptic figure, in an aura of mystery. It does not reveal much of his personality except for two episodes. What he did in Gerar, and his role in the confrontation Yaakov and Esau, right in this week's Parsha. And the Akedah, even, he's passive. Where is he active? What does Yitzchak do? All he does is give out the brachas and dig the wells. So he quotes Alpi Kabbalah. The Kabbalists provide the answer. Each of the patriarchs, each of the Avos personify one of God's own attributes. Avram was, as we know, Chesed. Yitzchak was Gevura. Gevura, inner fortitude. Hakoveshes Yitzro. By definition, Chesed is public. Chesed is outgoing. Chesed involves others. And therefore, Avram's all about going out and being open. Loving kindness. He lets others share in his action and in his existence, leading to communication and dialogue. Gvura connotes retreat, withdrawal into one's private world. Yitzchak is wrapped in a mantle of mystery. Dafka because it's to teach us that Gvura is hidden. Gvura is private. It could be in Nobody's around, but I'm going to be Kovesh Mayetzer and control a negative tendency that we have. That's Gvura. It's a private hero that Yitzchak was. And it might even come from, obviously this was the goal, we need all three models, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov to be Avos. That's why they're called Avos, because we, as we started off tonight, we are the Toldos, biological and, and halachic. But where did it come from? It came from the Akedah. It came from the Akedah. Now in the B, the Akedah fashioned a new personality and a new soul for Isaac and a new covenantal reality. They went up, Vayelchu Shneim Yachtov, says Rev Salvechik, they did not come back Yachtov. They went Yachtov, but they came back very differently. Even so much so that Yitzchak didn't even come back. Avraham symbolized chesed, an overflowing love that rises like a river in the springtime and inundates his environs. He wanted to convert all of mankind. He was concerned with the whole world. He sat by the highway waiting for travelers. He carried his morality to the people and wanted to proselytize everyone, to believe in Hashem. That's Avraham. Yitzchak was gvura. And that was implanted in him from the Akedah. With the Akedah, contradiction replaced peace, tension, substituted for togetherness. Avraham returns to his na'arim, but Isaac belonged to a world of his own. Two different paths. He went somewhere else. The Torah doesn't even say where he went. As if he was stayed on Haramoria, according to one of the Midrashim. And we only see him later, coming from Be'er Lachai Ro'i. But that was Yitzchak. And it's not better or worse, it's just different. Every one of the Avos, each one of the Avos, is meant to teach us another model about another Midah that we need to perfect we need to be like Avram Avinu sometimes, to be that Baal Chesed, to be that outgoing, to be a hero on the outside. But sometimes we have to be a hero on the inside, in the private of, privacy of one's own, uh, one, one's own home. When Rachman al-Islan, tragedy strikes the Jewish people, the people most affected, even least affected, 
have to be giborim, have to be those those heroic figures in their emuna to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in their emuna that called David Rachman Latav Avid, and there's a plan for everything that we see in this world as a Baal Habira. That mida that a Jew is able to do that comes from Yitzchak, and that's why he is mysterious, and that's why we don't see so much of his stories in the Torah Shebechsaf. Moving right along. So, we got to get to the brachs. So we get to Perach of Zion. Beginning of Perach of Zion, it has an introductory pasik to the story of the brachos. Vayihi ki zakein Yitzchak. Yitzchak is getting old. Vatechena enov meros. He cannot see. Vayikras esav benoa gadol. Vayomer elav beni. Vayomer elav hineni. Esav comes. What does it mean? What, what, what happened to his eyes? Vatechena enov meros. Rashi gives no less than three pshatim. Three pshatim. Why did Yitzchak become semi-blind? Says Rashi, number one, Vatechena. Ba'ashnan, I gave it to you there on the left side of source number 10. Ba'ashnan shall elu. In the smoke of these. What are these? I didn't read the previous Pasuk. The previous Pasuk says that Esav went to take a wife and they were Moras Ruach li Yitzchak al-Rivka. Right, he marries uh, and they, and they, uh, were Makhtar Torres to Avodizara, and the smoke of those women, uh, were, uh, blinded. You could say it figuratively, but Rashi, Chazal seemed to be taken literally. Blinded Yitzchak. Shot number one. Dover Acher, Rashi says. When Avram was about to shecht Yitzchak, the heavens opened and the Malachim started crying. Interesting, why were they crying? Why were the Malachim crying? This was the will of God? Did they feel for the for the, the, the love of Avraham? Interesting. And the tears of the angels fell into his eyes. Number two. So, it was from the smoke, it was from the tears. Number three, Dover Acher, Yito Yaakov Esabrachos. Why was he blind? Because Hashem made him blind. So Yaakov could get the brachos. Three pshatim. If you want to know why Rashi quotes three pshatim, it's always good to look in the classic Mepharshim on Rashi. One of the classic ones are the Sif Sechachamim. The Sechachamim here, right, just Pasha Pshat in Rashi. Why does Rashi have to quote three different pshatim here? What's bothering Rashi? What's wrong with each one of the pshatim? Just tell me. The simplest one. Says the Sif Sechachamim. Veneireli on the second line. Titzarech Rashi l'shloshet ta'amim elu. Rashi needs all three pshatim. Tibitchila mifarish. First Rashi says, Mishum ashan v'imikoach smichos. First Rashi wants to tell you, what does this pasik have to do with the previous pasik? So, the previous pasuk was about the Benos that married Esav, and all of a sudden Esav is blind. Oh, uh, Yitzchak's blind. So it's telling you, got blind from that. So that explains the juxtaposition. But then Rashi is also bothered. How did Hashem do this to such a great tzaddik, to one of the Avos? How did he do this? Why? Because... Hashem had a divine plan. He needed to give the brachos to Yaakov. 
And therefore this wasn't called a takala. Oh, Hashem doesn't do this to make him infirm. That's why Pshat number three is there. Because it wasn't an infirmity, it was to firm up where the brachas shall go, to have a little play on words. That explains one and three. The kasha, but we still continue, sof, sof, me'acher. And by the way, the Sifzach HaChamim is a compilation. It's not only him. It's a compilation of various mefarshim. Me'acher sh'ayah ha'ashan, lama rivka ain't on this space. But one second, if it was because of the smoke, so why wasn't Rivka blinded too? Right? She was also around. Well, the Akeda affected him uniquely. He had already lost some of his vision and this finished it off. So even if Rivka was affected, her eyes were stronger to start. So, Pashat. Why we need all three? Sipsech HaChamim, pointing the Marshal, explains because you got to explain the Smichos, you got to explain how it could happen to Yitzchak, and you have to explain why Rivka wasn't affected either. Okay, two more ideas for the evening. First is getting back to the similar question we had before. We asked before, how could Yitzchak have loved Esav? Similar question that's asked towards the end of the parasha. How could Yitzchak have wanted to give Esav the brachas? Again, assuming, like many assume, that he knew, the, how is he, he got the wool pulled over his eyes so, so bluntly. So how exactly was he tricked? So we assume he wasn't tricked, according to many. So what was he trying to do? Why do you want to give the brachas to, to Esav? So two ideas from Rav Naiman and the Darkei Musr. Two ideas. One is said by, by a number of Mepharshim, and one is his own. He quotes from the Saba from Kelm. This is quoted by other sources as well. Line number four, Vishamati, Pshema Saba, Mikelm, Maran, Rav Simcha, Zissel. Sha'amar. Bivada Yitzchak Avinu Yada HaHev Domain Yaakov Le'Ezav. He knew! But that's exactly why he wanted to give Esav the brachas. Why? Because he thought there could be a Yisachar in here. He thought there was hope. And he thought if I give the Gashmias to Esav, and he supports Yaakov, Shalom al Yisrael. And everybody will get Olam Haba. And everybody will live together peacefully. He knew Yaakov was the Ishtam Yoshevo Olim Yerei Shamayim. Ma was Patora. His Demus was Chakuk on the Kisei Akavit. He knew that. But the question is, what about Esav? Line 8. So that was his mistake. Because Rivka says it's not Shaykh. Rivka says there's no potential for Esav to be a Zavulan. It's not happening. She knew and therefore Rivka took it into her own hands. Pshat number one. But then there's another Pshat. Uladaiti said the Dakey Musa, but what I think, Nira Levire, as follows. Why? Says the Dakey Musa. Because Yitzchak knew that Yaakov didn't need the Brachas. Didn't need them. Because he learns Torah. If somebody learns Torah, they get the brachas. They don't need me to give them a bracha. They don't get the brachas. Somebody learns Torah. If anybody goes to a Rebbe for a skula, what's a skula? Learn Torah. Daven properly. Right? That's the greatest skula in the world. Yaakov lo tzarech lebrachos. Hello, yesh lo Torah. The kas of sham. Ibechul kosai telechu. The nasati gishmecha bitam. Lo yachzalo shum davar. So what do you need the brachas for? If you keep the Torah, you're going to be mivorach from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. 
I sometimes we see people keep the Torah who have Tsaris. Okay, Akadosh Baruch Hu has the scorecard. Olam Azeh, Olam Abba, but whatever it is, Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to give us the brachas. And Yitzchak even thought it would be a slap in the face of Yaakov. Yaakov doesn't want to get something on a silver platter. Yaakov wants to earn it. Yaakov doesn't want what's called to get uh, Nama de Kisufa, bread of embarrassment. That's what the mun is called, Nama de Kisufa. Hashem gave it to us, automatically miracle from the, from the heavens. We didn't, what did we do? We didn't do anything. We complained. Nama de Kisufa says the Darke Musser. Yitzchak thought and assumed that Yaakov wouldn't want it. Maybe it's true that Yaakov wouldn't have wanted it. So he didn't want to give him the, the, uh, the brachas that he wouldn't have wanted and he knew he was going to earn it anyway. Yaakov Batsmo line twenty three. But you know what? Yaakov was forced to follow his mother. Because that's what his mother told him to do. But he wanted to get it, but Rachel knew that he can't give it to Esav. Esav's too much of the enemy. Esav is too much the opposite. You know what, Yaakov, you'll learn it, then you'll get the brachas too. It's okay. And Rivka had that divine vision that this is what's best for the entire Jewish people, for the destiny of the Jewish people. So two ideas why he wanted to give the brachas to Esav, even with knowing who Esav was. Let's just finish off with a Ramban that we mentioned two years ago, but now we're just going to go a little more in depth of the Ramban. The Ramban knows getting back to the wells. Last thought for the evening, getting back to the wells. We know the three wells that were dug by the Avde Yitzchak, they were named Asek. And the second one was Sitna, and the third was Rechovos. And the third one, Lo Ravol, how they didn't fight about. Says the Ramban, in a comment that, that uh, one should be familiar with, these three wells are a Ramazim to the Beis Batei Mikdash. Yisaper HaKasuv, source 12. V'yarich v'inyan haberos. What do we care about these wells for? They b'pshuti asipa to'eles, v'lokavad gadol Yitzchak. And Yitzchak Avinu, the extreme personality, what do we care that he dug wells for? There's something hidden here. It's telling you something amazing about the future. To build it, there was so much machlokas. That's Asek. And wars until it was destroyed. The second one was Sitna. Sitna. Hatred. Kashem and Arishon. Destroyed. Sinaschinam. V'chulu. And finally, the third base of English, Rechovos, that's who Abayis Shasishi Ibaneb Imherav Yemenu Vuyaseb below Rivu Mitzah, and eventually there won't be any Machlokes Pe'ezus Hashem. Two points, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Number one, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe in Source 13, there's an, an amazing parallel between the base of Migdash and the wells. By a well, you dig and you dig and you dig, and it's so much physical exertion. You dig and you dig and you dig until, until, until... You finally get to the bottom, and then what happens? It fills up by itself. It fills up immediately. I don't have to do anything. Once I put my kishkas in and do everything I need to do, so then the rest is mimela. Beis HaMikdash is the same thing. We put up a Beis HaMikdash. We follow the tzivuyim. Every last detail and bolt and knot. And we do everything, and then what? What's the goal? Hashem's presence comes in mimela. That's what it is, just like the water coming in. We do everything, and then the last step is brought in by Hashem. Left side. The analogy of digging a well precisely describes the process of building the temple. First, there is a phase of intense physical effort to dig the well, followed by the actual filling of the well with water, which does not require any direct effort. It simply floods in. 
That's the Hashras Hashchina as well. And number two, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and this already is a machlokas between Rashi and Tosfos and Sukkah and Daf Mem Aleph, but the Lubavitcher Rebbe says there's a Zohar. The Zohar tells us that this third base of Migdash will be built by God, not built by us. As the, as the, uh, the, um, saying goes that every mitzvah we do would be a brick on the base of Migdash, and everything we do, but really Hashem's gonna break it down. Machlokas be shown. But if it's true, like the Zohar says, that it's HaKadosh Baruch who bring it down. So what's the parallel to the well? Right, where they dug that well. So explains the Lubavitcher Rebbe, no, no, no. Even, exactly what we just said, even if HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings it down, it's because we built it. It's because our actions built it. And our mitzvahs built it. And that is, could fit the cumulative effects of these acts are thus described by the Zohar as building made by God, though in fact it's a building made by human mitzvah acts that are totally dedicated to God. So it's our goal to act. Whether the base of English is going to come down ready-made from Shamayim, or we're actually going to build it, doesn't really matter to us. We'll take it anyway. We'll take it, like Rashi, like Tosas and Sukkah, like the Zohar, however it comes, but we have to realize that we have a part in the building of it, not just the physical building, but through our mitzvos, let it happen very soon, speedily in our day.